Hey, welcome to season two of the Soul Talk podcast. This is your first episode. Welcome. Episode one, I talk about what this podcast was made for, getting to know me a little bit throughout my episodes as well with guests on season one. This season, we have an emphasis on all things business, creativity, logistics, curiosity, storytelling, and more that can maybe help a soul like you have a spark in the process for creating whatever that is that you want to create or change, thus being the power of conversation and unique souls. Now enjoy. We're back. I hate that I have to keep saying it's been a while, but we're back with a new guest. I'm joined today by Samara. This time, something really cool. This is our first episode with a female. Uh, before y'all start flaming or saying some bullshit, like he's a misogynist or whatever, these kids refer to people as... Oh, by the way, are you against Andrew Tate? Or do you like Andrew Tate? Let's not get into it. <laughs> the point is, I truly just haven't gotten into the female side. I had planned the guest before that was a female. They were a no-show. All good. Point being is that I hope to have many more women going forward, and I'm happy that we can finally break that barrier today with a great individual. Just for some context, I met Samara through my cousin David, who was on the pod episode 14. If you didn't want to check out the episode, it's actually here right now. And they're paying me a visit uh, before they both head back to school at Cal Poly. But let me get back to Samara. Samara just happened to be a collegiate athlete. And I think she got some interesting insights for you all about all things soccer, an interesting major, and much more. But I'll let you give them a proper introduction of who you are. Hi, I'm Samara. I'm 19 years old. I'm a student at Cal Poly. I study wine and viticulture. I played on the women's soccer team my freshman year, so last year. And I'm from Orange County, born and raised. Um, yeah. For sure. We'll get all into all those things that you mentioned. But for the people who don't know and might be curious, how did you meet my cousin? <laughs> Actually, a year ago yesterday, David and I met. Oh, what a coincidence. Uh, my friend Jules, who lived in the same building as David, asked me to go to a Shabbat dinner with her at the Chabad at Cal Poly. And I went, I met David, and we didn't talk very much. He said hi in one of our separate ways. And then uh, two weeks later, I needed a date for a date party for soccer. And I was like, who should I invite? I decided to DM David and say, hey, I don't know if you remember me. We met a few weeks ago. Will you come to this date party with me? And he said yes. And ever since we've hung out almost every day. Okay, but before that, you were kind of like running out of options or you thought he was the good guy. Well, okay, so my type happens to be Adam Sandler-esque voice, <laughs> which is kind of cringy, but I like a funny Jewish boy. So when I met David, I don't know, never stopped, never stopped thinking about him. Perfect. And <laughs> he thought it was a joke when I DM'd him, actually. Oh, he, he thought it was, okay. So, like, he was, well, what do you mean by that? I don't think he was expecting us to ever chat again, but it worked out. Hey, you were the first to hit him up. That's 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 a one-in-a-lifetime type type thing. I shot my shot. I shoot my shot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get back to, to you, though. Where did you grow up, and how would you say your environment shaped you at, at a young age, if at all? I grew up in Costa Mesa, Newport Beach, Orange County. Definitely probably one of the most gorgeous places to grow up in. A bike ride away from the beach, and the beach is my favorite place on this planet. 
The weather is perfect all the time. And what would define your definition of perfect? What's, per- what's perfect weather? Because if you live next to the ocean, I would think that it's kind of cold. Well, actually, in the winter, it's warmer by the beach, and in the summer, it's colder by the beach. Interesting. So you that. go inland in the summer, it's so hot, but in, by the beach, it's cool. I think perfect weather is perfect tanning weather. Oh, God. <laughs> See, this is, this, is, this is that female stuff right here. <laughs> you don't get it. But I I, it's the perfect, let me be outside all the time weather. Sunny, cool breeze, walk on the beach. Okay. Can't go wrong. So you grew up by the beach for most of your, most of your life? Yeah, I never, I've never moved. I've lived in the same house since I was born. Nice. So that's my home. It's interesting because a lot of people have similar viewpoints on the ocean. They feel like it's, uh, it's maybe too hectic to live by the ocean for whatever reason. I think if any, any time besides maybe June through August on a weekend, the beach is the most peaceful place. I think I went there at least once a week every day of my life. Actually, at least when I could start like riding my bike by myself or driving. It was like the place where I cleared my head. I'd go on runs. It's the best. Okay, but you would never go into the water? No, I'd go. Okay. I, can, I know how to surf. I learned okay, how to surf when I was young. Nice. I love the water. I appreciate it. But it is a scary place. Yeah, for sure. So, obviously, I know that you said you played soccer. But had you liked anything, like a hobby, prior to the sport of soccer? Or when did you get into soccer and at what age? The only hobby I can think of growing up that maybe was second to soccer was I collected keychains when I was like five. Interesting. Uh, besides that, it was really soccer my whole life. Why keychains? I don't know. I thought they were fun and documented everywhere I've been, but that faded quickly and soccer stuck. Mm-hmm. My, my grandpa, who passed away a few years ago, was the first person to get me into soccer. And once I started, I really never stopped. Gotcha. So this kind of goes back off what you said, but I think it's really important to see what kids are gravitated to and why. I feel like a lot of parents just like shove their kids into a lot of different things, which is good for the most part. But how would you say you picked apart what you liked as opposed to what you didn't like? Or was it just love at first sight with soccer? I always question still if I love soccer or I love the team more. I think every kid growing up should play a team sport. It teaches you so much leadership, working with other people, communication. And I really think what ended my soccer career was that once you're playing in college, it's about the sport and it's about yourself. The team part is an aspect, but it can't cover all of it. It's not overwhelming. Yeah. So I think growing up, having a team was my favorite part about playing soccer. I'm not, I'm not competitive at all, Okay. which is kind of that's interesting coming from a collegiate athlete because I would think to be a collegiate athlete you have to be competitive at least a little bit. Yeah, I I'm not at all. Okay, well we'll get more into the college side later, but I think there's a there's a typical soccer program for every youth sport, but I think the AY So brand is something like if you played soccer, you damn sure played under that umbrella. I always remember the kids with those jerseys at school. But what do you think about the name? First of all, did you play for AY So? Yeah, I played for AYSO of course. for a while. So what do you think about the name and brand they've built since, you know, this is considered a business podcast? AYSO? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you think they kind of, like, 
not control the market per se, but like, you know, everybody plays AYSL. If you play soccer, like everybody's first stop is, is probably them. And then, you know, I'm sure you play for some travel teams, but. Anyway, so I I mean, I guess they get the parents involved too. All the coaches are parents, all the refs are parents. My dad is a AYSO referee and I don't know why it has such like a hold on the youth soccer community. For sure. Let me rephrase it. What comes to mind when you think of AYSO? When I think of AYSO, I think of the ridiculous names that people choose for their teams. <laughs> I mean, okay. for me, I was a blasting blueberry. <laughs> I mean, was a blasting blueberry. We were like purplish blue. We okay. were the blasting blueberries. Okay, so how many years did you play for AYS? I think I started playing, I was four. All my siblings played all at the same time. There's four of us, so we'd all have our soccer games on Saturday morning. And then I played a year above, and then I played a year above for boys for a year. And then I think I stopped playing in 2009, so I was like five. Okay. I only played for two years. And then where'd you go after that? I started at a local club in Orange County called Slammers. One of their coaches saw me playing and said, this girl should be on a club team. And my grandpa set it all up. And I really owe it to my grandpa for putting me on that track to um, be on a club team and a travel team. So I played my first tournament with a club team in 2009. So I was in the summer. So I was five or six. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Playing. It was a girls soccer. Yeah, for club it was girls. Okay. AYSO was boys. Okay. I'd play with my brother's team. He's how a year older. Okay. Yeah. So what would you say are the main differences that you saw right away when you were, when you started playing club as opposed to, you know, your, your local AYSO? I guess practice. This wasn't run by a, a parent who wasn't paid to be there. There was a coach that was paid to be there. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of my first practices, my coach, my first coach ever playing club, Coach Kirk. I still am in contact with him. Shout out Coach Kirk. Shout out Coach Kirk. <laughs> um, he taught us how to run. He what was, do you mean? He was like, you're not going to run with T-Rex arms. You got to use them to pump. And I remember <laughs> we're like five years old and he's teaching us how to run. So that yeah. was our, you're teaching just fundamentals that are going to create the base for a, a long, healthy, successful soccer life. For sure. We would do the most basic, not even basic, but things that I wouldn't even think about doing anymore that are just kind of engraved in how I play soccer. I mean, running, of course. We do a drill where there's two girls and a mm -hmm. ball in between, and you would just run at the ball, and the strongest person would get the ball because you just gotta get the whole game was to get the ball. Is it the strongest or the fastest? Is that? I don't know. I think I think in the strongest. Okay. Well, how do you define strongest in, in soccer? Because I mean, you don't use your arms per se I mean people have stronger legs yeah At I mean you age? don't you don't fall you don't fall I think that was like one of my things I just you just you, <laughs> no you couldn't you couldn't push me down oh okay I see so you, st you stood your ground yeah okay I stood my ground okay so so going back what can you say like specifically what drills you did for running like how did he teach you how to run like okay Pumping arms is one thing. Is there anything else other than? I mean, you know, keeping your shoulders back. And 
I just remember the arms mostly. I was so young. This mm-hmm. was so long ago, okay, like yeah, 14 gotcha, yeah. years ago. But I still remember so vividly Coach Kirk saying, no T-Rex arms, no T-Rex arms. It's crazy, like little things like that stick with you, right? Mm-hmm. So eight or nine, you start playing club. So do you initially, like a club team, I know, starts traveling, right? So did you travel at that young of age and where did you go? I think... I mean, I started traveling around California, LA and San Diego, around Orange County, went to Sacramento once, and then, but when you're younger, the traveling is local, really. Mm-hmm, for sure. Of course, because you're that young of age, I'm sure they're not, they're not sending your asses to Las Vegas and no, across the country yet. not yet, but pretty young, pretty young we start, six Sixth or seventh grade, you're on track to North Carolina, New Jersey. What was the first trip and if that holds any importance to you? I think our first major trips were to Arizona or Las Vegas. My club, you couldn't stay with your parents, you had to stay with the team. I like that. I yeah, I like that too. And there is like one or two chaperones at the hotel that we stayed at, but all the rest of the parents couldn't stay at the same hotel. So it was, they were the best. They were so fun, these trips. Just maybe 20 girls and a couple chaperones in fun new places and hotels. We would do the randomest, most fun things. Do you have a favorite moment from all the places you visited? It could be somewhere random, but like what, what holds value? I went to New Jersey for a showcase in high school and we took we all took the train to new york city this is what like when you weren't playing like a break or something yeah so we would for some of our showcases we would have a game in the morning and then the next day we wouldn't have a game until like the afternoon so we'd go out gotcha. the that afternoon mm-hmm. and yeah we all went we all took the train from new jersey to new york city and we went to we walked around and went to the counter the burger place. Of course. And I remember one of my teammates, the other center back, because I played center back, she got literally a one pound burger. Oh, hell no, hell no. And... Did she know the, what she was doing? Like, yeah, she knew what she was doing. Oh, a one pound, it was literally a $40 burger, I swear. That's all a heart t- attack on a plate. All like, the why topics. does anybody want that? Like, that's a fat <laughs> burger special. No, it was insane. All the toppings, fries on the side, probably like some sweet potato fries. Don't also. tell me she ate it all by herself. She literally ate it all. Jesus Christ! It was insane. It was it was awesome. And so that that's that's that's. The best I mean, part. when I think about my traveling, so many memories, but that one I don't know. It sticks with me. Interesting. Like I said, there's all all things that stick with you. They don't have to have the biggest meaning or whatever. But it, it, it's funny how it works. But okay, so what was the goal with soccer initially was it something you you just liked and saw how far you could take it or did you have like goals like i want to be able to get this i think my goals fluctuated a lot but making the decision am i going to pursue college soccer happened really young what was that seventh grade okay so but you're like okay like this is the goal yeah basically once you hit high school that's when it's really like am i doing this for fun or am i gonna do pursue this in college and i had gotten to the point where i was like i need to see for myself if i can do this you want to prove it to yourself i want to prove it to myself and i did but i think 
we started going to college showcases around the country in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. So you'd email all the colleges that were going to be there, get a list of all the colleges that were going to attend, and you'd email the ones that you thought you could go to. But keep in mind, you were in seventh grade. Like, what did you want to do? With <laughs> I your can't life? believe they made you do that. What did you want to do? So you had access to like the college coaches, or what are we talking about recruiters? So school? there's different rules now. Mm -hmm. But when I was, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but when I was in seventh grade, you could email them. They usually wouldn't, I mean, what are they you wouldn't, them? you'd say, hi, my name is Samara. I play for this team. This is where I go to high school. This is my, or this is, this is where I go to middle school. This yeah, is my GPA in middle school. <laughs> Check me out. These are my highlight reels from like. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't even know what I would email them, you know. I volunteered here and <laughs> I play center back and whatever and then I'd send them all my games all the all the fields that my games are out in the game times and then you just send a bunch of them out they usually wouldn't respond because they'd be getting so many like of course. and then seventh eighth ninth tenth grade when like the recruiting was really heavy I mean hundreds and hundreds of college coaches lining the fields because the club I played for was one of the best clubs in the country wow. and which is crazy because I got into that club when I was five and basically stayed at the top team from when I was five to when I left. There was coaches, UT Austin to Stanford to Duke. I remember I broke my nose at a soccer showcase. Oh, crap. This team from New Jersey. Let's hear the story. We were playing in Arizona. This girl elbowed me in the oh. nose. She was in front of me. I was defending her from behind and she just elbowed me. And I broke my nose, just like blood coming out. And I look up and I see the Duke coach. Like, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, no. And I walk off the field and my coach is like, you just have a bloody nose. It's Arizona. It's dry out. So I'm like, plug it. He's like, just pinch it. I was like, okay. And this is eighth grade. Pinch my nose. And then I go to the, you know, doctor on the field. And they're like, you got to go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital and I broke my nose in Arizona. Wow. Yeah. So you had surgery on or, or how did... <laughs> I, they were like, you broke your nose. And I was like, okay. And it was swollen. And I never got it fixed. See, this is why I hate coaches. Because they say some bullshit like that. They'd be like, you just have a bloody nose. Like, don't worry about it. Like, they might have full on saw that that girl elbows you. But but they'll be quick to be like, nah, nah, you're all good. No, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, why? I mean, I don't, do mean? <laughs> I don't know. And also, it wasn't a foul. Mm -hmm. The game... The, the oh, they, they didn't call anything. No, they didn't me. call anything. Oh, no. That's they crazy. just, this girl sneakily just broke my nose. Yeah. And no one stopped the game. Were you, like, I mad just, at her or anything? Like, were you trying to, like, get a, get a, like. No. No. So you're, you're a nice person, so I, I couldn't see that happening. But, like, when you play sports, I feel like there's always two people who try to do something dirty and, you know. Yeah, I mean, first instinct, maybe not when you break your nose, but, you know, when someone fouls you or fouls a teammate. You know, she's a target on her back now. I like that. You'll go a little harder. You'll push a little more. But I was always the the teammate who was like, calm down, calm down. It's going to be okay. We're going to win the game instead of <laughs> fouling the girl. Okay. So. so was that, would you say that was like the most violent act anybody has ever made? No. Because I know the game of soccer you know, can, can go a bunch of different ways. I wouldn't say, I mean, No. I remember this happened in AYSO actually the most one of those violent things. Hey man, kids at a young age they could be violent too. I know, I know. A girl grabbed my face and mm. scratched it. Oh hell! With her nails, nah. and we were so young. See, and you guys crazy. have nails. Yeah. I mean, maybe you didn't have nails back then, but 
I mean, you don't have nails now, but I'm saying like I'm <laughs> curls in general. They have. I mean, she wasn't. She didn't have acrylics, but like, she, <laughs> we were like acrylics. too young for that. I mean, maybe she did. It's Newport Beach. Everyone has acrylics. That's what I'm saying. Y'all are like bougie out there. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that that story is really funny to me with the with the Duke coach. You, yeah, and I didn't end up going to Duke, not because of that. No, he might actually, actually took it as a good sign. Yeah. It'd be like, damn, this, I mean, she got hurt, but like she got up. Because like, what was your initial reaction? Like, I mean, in that event and then and just in general, if you, I'm sure like had more injuries than, than that. Honestly, no. I mean, I've broken a few fingers and toes. Oh, but that just, just a few fingers I don't think toes. that counts. Like everyone has had their toes stomped on. If you've ever played center back or really ever played soccer, I know someone has stomped on your toes so hard it's broken. How does that work though if you're in cleats? Isn't they, they, they just well, don't protect you through? Not the top. The, the top of a cleat's super thin because they want you want to have like the most contact with the ball. Oh right, right, right. But the cleat is a cleat. Mm-hmm. It's not like, sharp like a baseball cleat. Well, as a center back, if you if you're on the ground and the game's not stopping, they're gonna score. And so every when I get injured, you can't stay on the floor you gotta like get back up get the ball out and then walk off the field but I just stopped when I broke my nose I just stopped and I my nose was bleeding so much I could cut my hands and fill with blood and I walked off the field and they scored actually because there's no foul I just walked off the field and my coach is yelling like what are you doing what are you yeah, doing yeah you see what I'm saying he's talking about the game you're yeah. not even thinking about how you doing and like, I was like come on and and then I went to the hospital. Gotcha. Well, yeah. it's hard to hear that. <laughs> no, it's okay. So, I don't know if you want to tell them, but obviously you said you you play for the top club team. Where did that story with, with Kobe come from? Growing up, there's like, where I grew up, there was a lot of famous people, a lot of athletes. Sure. And their kids <laughs> played sports with a lot of basketball players' kids. and Kobe just happened to be one of them. Yes. And... Trinity Rodman, if you're ever listening to this, we went to elementary school together. She's now playing in the National Women's Soccer League. She's Dennis Rodman's daughter. Oh, nice. She's a beast. Trinity, I hated playing you because you were so fast and so good. Yeah, small world we live in. I had to mention. So he lived He lived in that area somewhere, right? You probably, you probably even know where his house is. <laughs> so, I don't know. I just, you know, give everybody their privacy and respect, but, you know, if you've listened to this pod long enough, you know Kobe is a very special person to me. So just cool to know that, you know, we live in such a small world. Somebody like Tamara, not knew who he was, but like, you know. I could say was, he watched me play soccer plenty of times. Th- that's what I'm saying. So that's, yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy to, to know. Um, but was there any point in time where you felt, you know, like you were the top of your abilities as a soccer player? And if so was that game or when did you have that feeling and what prompted those abilities, do you think? I want to say ninth grade, at like end of ninth grade, I kind of had this, I don't want to say lull, but kind of a plateau in my game. And for a couple months, and it really sucked, I really did not know what to do. At that point, that was kind of the switch for myself where practice wasn't enough. I had to, I mean, practice is never enough. It's like you gotta, it's about what you do, it's about what you eat, how much you sleep, how much water you drink you know, working out outside of practice. So after, I think, ninth grade, beginning of 10th grade, I really made it a point that I needed to get my fitness up and I needed to go work out 
after practice and on days off. You thought that was a problem, was that you, if you could specify for this, like was it that you weren't keeping up with the girls or it was just too... Because I know soccer is very running intensive, so you got to be in shape and if you're just a little bit off. But was it was it that you would say? Or, or I mean, either? totally the running. Mm-hmm. Uh, just all of it. I mean, if you have fitness, your skills will be better throughout the whole game. As a center back, you play the whole game, really, for the most part. Center backs are probably one of really few positions that don't get subbed out ever, mm-hmm. starting at a young age. So I, you know, starting in 10th grade would work out on days off and train and do skill work, all that on my own. And that's also when I knew I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't want to Mm -hmm. and I wanted to. And that's when college, it really clicked. This is, I need to be, I need to do this in college. Yeah. Nice. So that was actually, next question was going to be vice versa was, uh, there ever a dark point playing soccer? So I guess you could say that at that point in ninth grade where you felt that you just weren't keeping up. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was on a great track for soccer since I was started playing club when I was five. And there came a point in high school where, you know, there was, there's great, like Southern California has the best soccer, girl soccer ever. Mm-hmm. In the, I think in the whole world, Southern California has the Ooh, best that's, soccer. That's a hot take. I don't think it's a hot take. So, somebody go say, <laughs> so, no, Texas got the best, got, got the best soccer. no. There are more, I mean, Orange County, LA, San Diego, soccer is growing up as a girl is prime. For soccer, for soccer. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was definitely like, it was hard being like a sub. I was never a sub. You got a sub when you were in high school? Well, when I, so when you're playing soccer growing up, you have your club season and then it pauses for high school season. So high school is December to February. So we'd have a pause when you go play high school. I mean, high school was the best. High school soccer was so fun. Club was really intense and there was a lot more on the line. We're also paying for it. There was travel. High school was this fun little break. High school soccer playing for your High school was just so fun. But when I was in like ninth grade, I didn't start every game. And that really, really bugged me. And that was really hard. And they also moved me to center mid, which I'm not a center mid at all. I literally played center back my whole life. I played center mid here and there. But if they needed me, I played goalkeeper a few times if they needed me. But you're not that tall, so that's kind of... I'm crazy. not that tall. I'm also... I'm not that tall. And being a center back, you're supposed to be the tallest one on the field, right. I think. Mm-hmm. But I got the hops. I was good in the air. Hey. Um, okay. I swear, if you asked me to jump right now, I could probably jump like two inches off the ground. You jump into a puck stand. But you put me in soccer cleats on a soccer field. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm Michael Jordan. I don't know. Oh, wow. Okay. that's not. I, I understand that feeling for sure. But yeah, I was being subbed. And I hated it. And I'm, that was my low point. I said, I, I can't be a sub anymore. I got to, you know, put in the work. If it's bothering me that much, there's something I can do about it. So, so I flipped that switch and you. It's like, okay, I got I to gotta prove to, the, to these dudes. Mm-hmm. And it's also, once you're, I mean, I think in middle school too, but in high school, it's not up to your parents anymore to take you to practice or, you know, train with you. It's It's all on you. And so... I was doing it and I was going to do it and I was going to do my best. 
I would not put less than 100% on the field. That was wrong. Why am I there if it's not 100%? Gotcha. From that point on, start producing. And maybe that was the point where you're like, okay, like I actually maybe have a professional career here or like I'm getting that scholarship or... Yeah. I actually thought about playing for, you know, the Israeli national team. I'm not even Israeli. Like I have family in Israel. But like I was like, maybe I can play and like... What if I go to the World Cup? Like, what if I get... It, that was a thought. It, like, was a, it was a dream? It was, was... Yeah, it was like a back-of-the-mind dream. What if I can go to the World Cup or play for the Olympics sure. or, you know, but I've gone to college. So. Oh, so wait. Okay, so that's interesting. So if you did that, you couldn't go to college, right? Like, it, no, Yeah, I don't know. I probably... I definitely could have gone to college, uh-huh. but I don't know. I don't think college is... You don't have to go to college when you're 18. Right. I think... You know, you don't guys. But some, <laughs> all, all these people want to force all these people want to force it on me. Anyway, I think this sounds. If there's, you know, if I ended up playing in Israel for the Israeli national team, no, I wouldn't have gone to college. No, I got it. But like, were, did you ever like seriously like think like, what about me playing for a national team as opposed to going to college? Yeah, it was a thought, and then because you had, I mean, you could tell the people how you had like a a good number of. Of offers, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Was there even an offer from a? Does it ask for you? Anything? Yeah, or? I don't. I didn't even look into it that no, much. Okay. That was always. It was a thought that I never really pursued. I'm not mad that I didn't pursue it. I love where I am now. Uh, I think it all worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I you know, Cal Poly contacted me and we talked for a whole year. Then I committed a year, literally a year after the first email they sent to me. Okay. Before we go into Cal Poly, what was your first offer? If you don't, if, if it holds any significance. What was my first? Are you probably, don't I don't even know. There was a lot that I was just like, no. no. Okay, what are some top schools for pe- for people who are like, who want to be like, damn, like, she, <laughs> she, she got to be no. good because all these schools can't offer so many scholarships. I mean, there was a lot in the South. Alabama, Oklahoma, great soccer programs. There was a few Ivy Leagues, but I was not going to go to an Ivy League. But, uh, I like the West Coast too much. And Army-Navy schools. I was actually very heavily considering those. Really? Yeah. So going to Cal Poly, why did you end up choosing Cal Poly over all, all those schools? I had my best tour at Cal Poly. It was also the perfect distance from home. The coach and the assistant coach toured me around. The coach has been there for so long. How long? 30, 40 years, something like that. Super long. He's a great coach. Amazing, amazing coaching staff. And beautiful place by the beach. Oh, oh, okay. So see, that that was... It's by the beach. And there's a lot of things you hear, you know, in the soccer community about colleges are girls leaving and transferring to other schools, like the transfer rate. There was not there was not a high transfer rate at all. Interesting. Okay. And so that I mean that's great. Yeah. So I loved it and my my brother actually goes there too. Okay, so it worked that way too. Worked out. So can you talk a little bit about just your time playing soccer cowboy? If I could could say one thing mm-hmm. is have you heard of the beep test? The what? The beep test. Like beep, 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 beep. The uh, fitness <laughs> pacer test. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Okay, the, the so... Paper, the pacer test. The pacer what the hell test. is the beep test? Okay, so <laughs> I feel the... 
soccer community has the the beep test. It's like the pacer test. You like run back and forth in a certain amount of time and it gets quicker. So Cal Poly or so soccer is a fall sport. So you get there in the summer for preseason. Okay. So my freshman year, I got there. We start school in sep- end of September. I got there in July, and you have three days of captain's camp. So you meet the team. You're not with the coaches at all. You know, it's really fun. You get to meet your new teammates and just do really fun things and get to know the town. And then the first day of practice is the beat test. It's a fitness test, and you can't play unless you pass this test. And the beat test, oh my goodness. I, I did liked it. it when I was younger. So okay. this is this is character building. Doing something every day for two weeks, failing at it and having to do it again. Oh hell no! They and made again. you do it every day for two weeks. I mean, I did it every day. I, they didn't make me do anything. I did it every day for two weeks until I passed because you couldn't play. And what's soccer in college if you can't play? And so failing and. Getting up the next morning and doing it every day until you pass, that was great character building. Wow. But it sucked. That really sucked. Yeah, well, MySpace were you in, and it's like, you didn't pass, didn't pass, didn't pass, didn't pass, didn't pass. Let's just get back up and, and do it again until yeah. you end up doing it. It's like, there's no way around but through. You gotta go through it. That's a great quote. So, I went through it, and I did it, and thank God I passed at one point. Would you say that was a foreshadow to what was to come? Or? No. Every, lots of people struggle with the beep test. Sure. I think why I ended up stopping, retiring, as I call it, soccer, is not because of the beep test. I don't think it was a foreshadow. So is it like a... Okay, so just for, for clarification, so everybody knows. So the beep test is like the pacer test, but on steroids, right? Because it's like you're, you're comparing it to soccer where people run hundreds of thousands of miles and like... It's yeah, it's intense. It's also... You know, I'm a center back. I have endurance. You know, I'm not, I'm sprinting, but I'm sprinting and stopping. Like a lot of soccer is just sprinting and stopping, yeah. whatever, but I struggled a lot with it. Do you think it's, do you think it's, it's weird that they made everybody do it? Cause like, like you're saying, like all positions don't necessarily sprint up and down. They kind of, it's not an accurate measure to test your skills. If you're a center back, that implies that you're mostly in midfield. Right, yeah, was... I mean, like defense, defense. Like, I don't really go. I'm not. I'm not like a midfield who's running back and forth. Yeah, like forward. you stick to your plot of land. Kind yeah, of I'm. Yeah. Okay. So the beep test. I mean, I don't know a better way to have this a standardized test. Like standardized. It's a standardized test. Like, uh, don't get me started on these standardized yeah. tests. How can you? But I like and everything. I don't know how you can just like. Uh, just standardize something it's just like you, you're testing a whole lot of people and it's just like there's always when somebody says standardize there's one way and that's only only the way i'm sure you could have proved like there's a lot of whatever it, you know well, what exactly saying. watch me play a soccer game yeah. like i can play a soccer game i mean in high school i'd i'd go i'd box in the morning then i'd box? go run and Yo, David, go... David's out. David's in trouble, bro. <laughs> no, I'd box, I'd go run, and I'd go play a soccer game. Yeah. Like... She'd go, she go whoop you up. <laughs> Beat you up. David, and then run away. Not. So, yeah, I, I, mean, I was in shape. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the beauty test is really, really hard. I will never forget it. And I will never do it ever again. <laughs> okay. So, obviously, that was just the start of you know, what mm-hmm. happened after that point. Or what, like, let's talk about 
it in a good fashion. You know, so when I joined, there was 45 girls because of COVID. Everyone had a fifth year, and then there was people who took a redshirt year, so they had a sixth year. Okay, so wait, but what's max capacity for a roster? 45 people seem like well, not, a, can, not, a soccer, you, not a soccer team. That's a football team. No, literally. Well, the football team had like... Less? <laughs> <laughs> no, like literally a hundred and something Oh, people. because of... Oh, that's ridiculous. But anyways, yeah, there was... I mean, on a game roster, there's 22. Oh, okay, I see. And so there's 45 people practicing every day. They're battling for a spot. Yeah. So, yeah, but, I mean, see, it was better that they, they didn't take it away from you. I mean, not saying that they would, but, like, you know, when you got 45 people and they're paying 40, like, well, you know, they not, not a lot of people had scholarships at that point. Not mm. a lot of the freshmen. I was lucky I had a scholarship. I didn't need one, but that was the best part about going in-state to a Cal State school that my parents so generously... Like, if you don't need the scholarship, we'll still help you pay for college. Anyways, yeah, it was like, uh, everyone's like, did you join a sorority? And I was like, no, soccer was a sorority. There was 45 girls in the team. We were a whole family. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, girls were like 22, 23. I was 18. 23, like, shit. Yeah, 23-year-olds. And that's the really interesting part about playing in college. You kind of get this in, in, like, in your high school team, too, as you have freshmen and seniors. But you're 18 playing against 23-year-olds. No. You know? It's this new range of age and competitiveness. And, you know, there's one spot for you. You are one spot and Mm -hmm. everyone's fighting for it. And it's really intense. You wake up every morning at 6 a.m. And you compete against yourself and your teammates. And that was the hardest part for me. I like how many people were playing your position though if you could say because you, know? mm, you, pl- you play four or five okay because just to clear you play for a spot but you yeah. play within a pool mm-hmm. so it's it's you and four or five other girls yeah right? chances aren't on i mean it's also timing i didn't pass the b pass so i couldn't play for the first two weeks so things weren't going your way from the start you just think. so i was yeah i i couldn't even start my fight for a spot mm-hmm and yeah i think it was so fun you know parties and hinging out and lunch and dinner team dinners and all that was so fun own uh, own parties right you wouldn't even bother going to the sororities because i mean you have 45 yeah exactly so fun the girls are great the the seniors and the the super seniors you'd call them just so welcoming but no one came to campus until the end of september just athletes. Because if you don't know Cal Poly, it's, I mean, you could talk about it more, but it's we talked about it on, on David's episode, but it's a secluded type of school. It's not like any other school, like where it's like, you basically have nothing but to be. Well, yeah, you're like, right? you're three hours from LA and three hours from San Francisco and you and the ocean, some really pretty hills. I really admire that. That's, that's the way you look at it. Because I feel like some people just don't care for anyone. I'm a big lover of hills and, and ocean as well, so. I probably would be really peaceful for me, but I think green and and blue, like sky blue and lush green hills, mm-hmm. is the best color combination in the earth. I don't know about all that. That, that might be too feminist. <laughs> <laughs> I get what you're Jeffrey, saying. Jeffrey, you wearing a pink and silver shirt. Hey, just for just for fun, don't joke it. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about uh, your time with the soccer team at all? what we go for um positive positive. oh positive Mm -hmm. yeah i mean being on the bench 
I call us the best bench in the Big West because Big West was our conference. Was our conference. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it sucks not even being on, like, the roster, the 22. 44, there's 22 girls also not being even a thought of playing. But being able to support teammates and being loud on the bench and doing – we would do celebrations when we scored. I mean, it was really fun. It was hard, mm-hmm. but it was really fun. Being a part of a team is so special. Yeah, for sure. So being a girl and having played sports at a competitive level, how would you encourage girls that are younger who aren't maybe so competitive yet but could have aspirations to play sports? They just don't know how to fall in love with a sport, if you know what I mean, maybe due to all the stigma of most sports being being dominated by men. I think if you're a little girl and you're just getting sports or you're just playing AOSS soccer, you know, child of sports, lean into the team and don't put, it's hard to say don't put pressure on yourself, I think pressure now starts so young. Of course. You think about going to college and all that when you're so young. And, I mean, there's going to be times that it's not fun. Try to look at the big picture. You're a 10-year-old playing soccer. Even if your parents are pretending like this is the, the World Cup Finals. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know soccer Soccer moms get real into this. Or soccer dads, um, you're going to be okay. It's Try to keep it on the field. Try to keep the losses on the field and learn from them. But, you know, it's a game. It's just a game. Mm-hmm. So how would you, like, calm yourself down if things were getting too hectic in, in soccer? You just left it all on the field and just, like, not try not to think about it? Because I feel like... As a, as an athlete, we can we tend to have a lot of mind space like invested into into our sports, and it's very hard to to separate life outside of sports, like how to deal with our emotions and things like that. Sometimes sports is your life, right? And that's so hard because you like you're losing and you're competing, and it's so hard. And I think just having perspective, you know, you we could get into it all and life but there is life is hard and you're doing this because you love it and it's fun and if you could separate the two and leave the losses on the field take what you learned off of it and improve and all that it's do that but taking your losses and having a sucky day because you lost the soccer game it, it happens but i I think it's not the way to live life, especially when you're young. Maybe if you're getting paid to do it or something, you can you can be bummed about it. But, For sure. Yeah. Did you have any source of motivation, or was it all just just you and just affirming that you know if, if, if things aren't going well, just take yourself out of it? Or I mean, maybe m- Kobe. <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to say. It's my dad. Okay. My mom. I love her. My dad. He has the best perspective in the world, I think. He doesn't take things too seriously. He's been through a lot and he knows when you should care and he knows when you should take a breath and let it go. And I really tried in my life to to be able to let go and the the hard things are hard and life is hard it doesn't have to be hard when you're on the field is it to say that when you left uh cal poly because as i mentioned in the start of the episode that tomorrow was a former collegiate athlete she ended up leaving 
Cal Poly soccer that he was cool with that as well like he wasn't so like because uh, I know a lot of parents are like what do you mean you're not gonna do this like this is what pays the pays the bill like you know they're not mm-hmm. thinking about like side of it they're just thinking about the benefits that they could well know. my parents like really supportive parents but they never were the parents that were like yelling at the soccer on the soccer field they never were like this you know I never would leave a soccer game and get into their car and they were like this is what you should have done never they never were like let's go train more yeah. that was always me that's good because most I, I only say that because mo- that's most parents it in is the sports I'm going. very lucky it was my parents were just the most supportive and it, it was a discussion it wasn't just a you know I'm gonna quit soccer and I quit mm-hmm. you know when I look back on my four years of college I didn't want it to be soccer for myself I also you know when it's like maybe like when you have a job it's it's a little different but when you're complaining more than you're not complaining I think I was complaining more than I was not complaining complaining to who what did you say just my just mom, out loud. Yeah. myself I did not let me play like, like what, I mean it was it was tough I guess I mean I don't want like people ask me cuz I played one ga- I played in one game in my college life maybe more than some other people because they couldn't, they couldn't like put you on the field, right? Like it had to be like a game prior to, like okay, like Samara's in the, tw- the twenty-two people that are playing. Samara's one of them. She can start on the bench, but she can sub in. But like, if you're forty-five people, he can't just call you off the bench, right? Like you got to be on yeah. the roster for that game. Yeah, or like a preseason game, they have like a sub limit. I don't even know, but yeah, I played one game. Mm-hmm. So yes, I played in college. I'm a Division One college athlete. I did it. People ask me, would you have quit if you like played? I mean, I can't even speculate that because... You didn't get the opportunity. I didn't get the opportunity. Like, you can't look at life like that. Like, what if? You can't look at the what ifs. But there's a lot of people I know that you don't play until your senior year. Yeah, and you don't want want to do that. I didn't want to do that. And I wanted to travel in the summer. I wanted my weekends. I wanted to have college as... my. You will never get your 18 to 22-year-old life back. 100%. And I think those years are fun. You know, you're... 18, 19, you're 21, like, it, I, I really wanted those years, and I was complaining more than I was not complaining about soccer, so it was, it, I think it was harder to quit than stay in, that's the thing, when you've been playing for 15 years, quitting, it's literally quitting your, like, your life, I've never not played soccer in my life, so, like, you're living, like, a new life right now, because, so for for people who don't understand, since you've been doing this for fifteen years, it implies that you literally like the the breaks, winter breaks, those were all tournaments, weekends were always games. So your whole life has been soccer up until this point. And this this feels like probably like a new life for you since that whole soccer life is out uh, is, is is not there anymore. Yeah, crazy. Literally crazy. I mean I still have you know, habits. Still like to work out and be in shape sure. and all these things, but I can still wake up early and an early bird. But I like that. I know David's definitely not an early bird, so that's he's, a good. He's getting an early, but he's getting there. Yeah, okay, that's good. But I like I, that. I like that mentality. I'm like, I've been thanked soccer for making me who I am today. For sure. Like I was captains of teams. I was like leadership, and just there's so many things about. Like, time management is probably one of the biggest things. Just having practice and having school and having a life. All these things, you have time management. 
Because you gotta have time for homework, gotta have time with your family. Mm-hmm. So, All, so you think soccer taught you? That? The best time management people I swear played sports, sports when they were younger. Yeah, okay. um, soccer taught me so much. I got to travel around the country. I played the Chinese national team. I met all of them. I played them at the Olympic Training Center when I was younger. I've made so many connections, so many friends. I've had the best memories. And I I did my time with soccer. And it was the hardest decision I've ever probably had to do is leave. But I leave and I look back on it with only the best memories. And that's all I can ask for. It gave me so much. And I am who I am today because my grandpa said you should play soccer and he did well said so just just to cap it off so you think it was maybe more a blessing than it was a curse that you left at this point oh i i mean a blessing a hundred percent i think it was the best decision i've ever made mm-hmm. it was the hardest but the best for sure i've never been more myself than i am now so so let's talk about life now in school mm-hmm. i know you're a wine law major <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know what that major implies, including a little bit of myself, <laughs> I know you explained it to me, but what does a, what does a wine, wine law major do? Well, so I'm a wine and viticulture major, so not wine law, Oh, okay. but I would like to be a lawyer. I'm, I don't know if it's a phase or a plan or whatever, but I would like to go to law school after college. That's mm-hmm. the plan. Okay. A wine major, I'm... I go to school in Central California near Pasley Robles in Napa Valley, big wine area. So I learned the business of wine, how to make it, and how to grow the grapes. Interesting. And I had to take a wine making class last quarter. I've had a wine tasting class my freshman year. Okay. Pretty fun. Interesting. Okay, but before you made that decision, why the wine? Like, where did wine come to your life? <laughs> or why? People ask you that. Well, my mom is in, in the cannabis industry. Okay great industry my she's a lawyer and oh so that's why the wine and the mm-hmm. law. okay so i love what she does she does compliance and regulatory law for cannabis okay. in los angeles and yeah i my parents said vices vices chocolate coffee alcohol cannabis things are never gonna go away through pandemic through um, a recession it's a good way to look at all it. All that sure. can never be, robots can never take away vices. So that's, I mean, maybe if not wine, I definitely want to get into the alcohol business. Okay. Definitely. It's never going to go away and it's only growing. Well, I like the idea of wine. I'm not big on alcohol, as you may know. But anytime anyone can understand why they like something, I'm, I'm a fan of that. Because that shows like understanding in something, you know what I mean? Like, anyways, the idea of, like, having a palate and all this, like, wine terminology, it might be all crap at the end of the day, but do any of these things, like, having a palate, understanding taste and flavor are all interesting to you? Yeah, I think, I mean, having a little bit of knowledge about wine, I mean, wine is served at literally every meal everywhere around the world, I feel like, and I think having some background on it is really cool. Not necessarily do I love all wine. But I think the business is really cool. I think it's just everywhere. And I'd like to be a part of it a little bit. Could you see yourself having your own wine? Like making the wine? Something? Maybe when I'm really old and really wealthy. <laughs> really old. <laughs> okay, so it's not, the, it's not the primary goal. No, I do not want to rely on my income for some grapes. <laughs> I really don't. I would like to go into like 
I think spirits, like hard alcohol, more. What do you know about that? A lot. What do you know about that? <laughs> I don't know anything, but you seem to know that you seem to like them. So. I, I, it's not about me liking it. It's about it's about the business. Okay. It is a huge business, and I think it's interesting. And I think so many people, like so many people, drink alcohol. Not. I mean, but can you go deeper into that? Like, what do you mean that you like you like spirits and you like the business? Like, what do you hope to to create in in that space? I like the advertisement. I like the, the so compliance law is okay. like if you want to have a billboard, there's certain law, and you want to put a billboard on the freeway, there's certain laws about what you can and cannot put on this billboard, like for the cannabis and alcohol, you know, it can't be geared towards anyone under 21. There's, you can't have certain words on it, certain pictures. So I think that's super interesting, the whole like background of all of it, um, labeling for wine bottles, alcohol. All that stuff really interests me, and so the marketing side of it. Yeah, marketing, advertisement, just like the law involved in that. I think is really interesting. I don't like. I don't. I'm not a big drinker. I didn't say that. I'm Nineteen. I'm just. I'm just saying. What, what are you doing? Okay. But I think you know what. Even if I don't, even if it's not exactly what I do when I'm older, I like that I have a goal right now. So I, I know you touched on it a little bit. What experience have you been able to counter being a wine major? I had class at the Cal Poly Vineyard. Oh, you guys quarter. have your own vineyard on mm-hmm. there? That's pretty cool. And they we make our own wine at Cal Poly too. Nice. So we have a vineyard and a winery. And that was amazing. It's also, vineyards are gorgeous. So it's been really fun being able to go and, you know, literally pick grapes off the, the vines and eat them. For sure. And the teachers have been really great. Small classes and interesting. For sure. At this point, is there any advice you would give to anyone who's maybe looking into be being a, a wine major like yourself? <laughs> it's a great major. If you apply to Cal Poly, I would definitely look into it. And it won't disappoint because every time you tell someone what's your major and you say wine, it's a great conversation starter because yeah because everybody's like what the hell is a wine they're like wine wine, made? wine? I, I didn't know that was a thing it's literally the best conversation starter so do you know like the history behind like wine made? like it's been around like I did a little bit of research there's a few I think UC Davis has a wine major I think Cornell does so it's not every college no like sure. very few colleges very specific to where the college is okay. and it's not super new but it's newer at Cal Poly and it's because Cal Poly is right next to Paso Robles, a really big wine area. So Cal Poly has really specific kind of niche majors sometimes. Wine, I'm thinking, I mean, we have a event planning major, Cal Poly. No, that's so, no, I don't, no, I don't know. We have practical majors. Yeah, I like that. Things that you can like really bring mm-hmm. into, the, into the into the real world, into which real world. I, I think college is everything but... but. I Certain think a lot instances of, like uh, like this. I think a lot of colleges, like you go and what what's your major? Like the most broad thing on of this course, planet. Of course, exactly. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Exactly. So I think Cal Poly does a good job of having some really specific. I mean, you might call them niche niche majors. So we talked about your major. I know for whatever reason you have a love for going to uh, sporting events. Where does this love come from? And just for context, my cousin and Samara went to Dallas religiously over break to watch Dallas sports. 
those including the Mavericks, which is okay, David's favorite basketball team, and then the Cowboys, which I guess is America's football team, whatever, I'm an Eagles fan, so flag will fly, and then uh, Dallas Stars, which is like anyone who doesn't know the sport they play wouldn't know what sport that team plays, because fucking Dallas <laughs> Stars, all right? It's a hockey team. Okay, but who knows? Who knows but that's <laughs> Honestly, like... I did it before I went. Okay, so. there you go. First thing, who doesn't love a really cool sports arena? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love Madison Square Garden? Second, look, a lot of females don't appreciate sports. I mean, I, you can appreciate it since you come from sports, but a lot of like guys can't take their girls to sporting events all that often, especially not to go somewhere like. <laughs> you know, that was my idea. So. I think. I mean, I would. I wouldn't do that. But I. I, I think going somewhere, going to an event, where everyone's there for one reason. So like a concert, everyone's there to watch a performer. You like the camaraderie. Yeah, things, I like right? the camaraderie. That's the word. Mm-hmm. I think going to a sports event, everyone's there watching, you know, this game or this concert, or whatever, is the best. There's no better date night than going to a Dodgers game in the summer. And you know, <laughs> Jeffrey, know we went to a Dodgers game. In yeah, that probably never again. Never again, actually. That was bad. What, but, was, what was it? Was bad for you? I think it was only bad for me. I think it was only bad for you. But I felt bad. Yeah, I thought we were never gonna good. be friends again. Uh, well, it's all good. No, but sports. I don't know. I don't know why I like them so much. I also grew up watching sports with my dad. I grew up watching baseball. Nice. Um, you know, I've been to a few hockey games with my family. But I think David really got me really into it, mm-hmm. and I love it. They're so fun, and I couldn't think of a better thing to do on, you know, a Wednesday night or a Saturday. So yeah. we love a girl that loves her sports, uh-huh. and we also know ways of of making the sporting event better than than most people can. I mean, you guys can allude to what that means, but <laughs> they 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 have a different definition than what I'm talking about. But uh yeah, I mean since in the new year, is there any goals that you have for yourself that you'd like to share? I'd like to run a half marathon. Just keep growing, I guess. I think meeting new people and trying new things and also since quitting soccer, I have loved to try new like sports. Like boxing and swimming and I don't know skiing snowboarding I just have loved to try new things and just trying new things and just really growing uh last question what is a soul or what does being a soulful person mean to you this is this is so tough wow. I don't know exactly how to answer that question it's whatever you, it's whatever you think there's no right or wrong I think answer. what I bring what my soul brings to the to my friends and my family and this planet is I want to make people feel the most comfortable. I want them to be able to open up and feel unjudged and I hope people can be themselves around me and you know what I want to bring is I want to bring comfort and no judgment and all that to the world because people are really special and when they open up to you it's the best. Yeah. I like it. So to paraphrase, so you want to be a mirror so other people can show their souls and be the most authentic version of, of themselves. Because maybe in a lot of our environments today, we don't get that opportunity because either the people are inauthentic or our environment is not safe for us. Just be ourselves. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I like I like that. And that was episode, whatever episode that was, but tomorrow. Thank you for coming on. Thanks.
Peace.